the game is over, but we're just getting started. You're listening to The Fifth Quarter, presented by Twitch on the Raiders Podcast Network. And welcome everyone to the fifth quarter. Eddie Pascal here joined by our pal, friend of the program and former Raider Kirk Morrison to break down everything we saw tonight on a primetime affair for the silver and black, ultimately falling to the Los Angeles Chargers 28 to 14. And Kirk, man, first of all, I appreciate you coming to hang out with us. You are in SoFi Stadium. I can see that beautiful yes. <laughs> big board behind you. But, but let's start here. This is now four weeks in a row where the Raiders' offense has had a really hard time in the early goings. Yes, they got it going a little bit in the second half, and we'll get to that in a while. But at what point do we push the panic button a little bit on these slow starts for Derek Carr and company? Yeah, I don't know if you want to go with the, the panic button just yet. The one thing I can say is that early in this football game, I thought they just got – they didn't have the rhythm. And I don't know if it's because of maybe the offensive line and them, you know, the continuity that they're still trying to develop. This isn't the same offensive line from week one. So they're still trying to gain that chemistry. And I wonder, does that, does that have something to do with it because of the way that Derek has also not been able to have that chemistry, that early rhythm with his wide receivers, with even Darren Waller or even the running game. So I think it's just been really inconsistent early on trying to figure out, you know, how things are going to go. And when you don't have the plays, when I say plays, when you go three and out, especially on those first three drives, you don't have enough plays to see what's working for you. What are the Chargers going to do? I thought that's what happened today. And, and you and I were talking before we started rolling, Kirk, where you look at John Gruden historically, and he is the fast start guy, right? Like slow starts yeah. are not something you think of when you think of JG. But now four weeks into it, man, like I know we talked about the offensive line and Josh Jacobs comes back and we'll touch on him in a little bit as well. But like, is there a magic button you can push or something? Is there anything you could do to kind of kickstart this offense? Because we've seen it in the second half that they get going eventually, right. but it's just for whatever reason, those first one, two, three drives, it's just stalled out this first month. Yeah, you know what? I think it's uh, kind of go back to the drawing board a little bit. You have to. Because I think when you're on the road, and well, I could say on the road, but yet it was... Yeah, in, in air quotes, right? Yeah, yeah, in air quotes, right? Allegiant West is what they call it here, but... You know, I, I can say that when you do go on the road, you have to be able to find your quick starters. How do you get the ball in and out of Derek Carr's hands as quick as possible? Get everybody truly involved. Get some spark going. Is it a trick play? Is it something that you don't normally do? But you have to do that, especially on the road. So I felt like today the Chargers had a little more juice to start the game than the Raiders. And it took them into the second half where they really got things going. But it should have been in that first half where you're really – you know, getting guys, I guess, you know, going early on, getting Ruggs involved and, and, and you know, getting Edwards involved, you know, getting – it took 16 plays to get Darren Waller involved in this football game. And you can sense the frustration with him after he caught his first pass and got the taunting call. That was more of say, hey, look, man, I'm ready to play. Like, these guys can't guard me. And so you can sense that frustration from Darren Waller. I think that's what the Raiders have to take into, you know, these away games. At home, I don't think it's just, it'll be a little bit different, right? Guys are a little, you know, ready to go. They're at home. But on the road, I felt like this team needed a little more of a spark early in that play call list just to get everybody going. You know, and speaking of the taunting, which has to be one of the silliest rules in the NFL oh God, right now. Yes. I mean, like, as a former player, like, how do you even – kind of police that like how do you get yourself in the mind state of like all right I want to celebrate but I got to make sure I'm not looking or I'm too close to another player because they're going to ding me for that like it just seems like the spirit of the rule is kind of there but in reality like it seems like something that's really hard to police and when whenever you call it you just end up with players fans coaches everyone just upset about it yeah it's a hard call 
And I get it's an emphasis for the NFL this year, but I never thought it was a problem. I always said that if, if there was something that's egregious, that if a guy really went after someone, then yeah, I think that we all know what taunting is. I know I, I didn't see it last year in the, in the Super Bowl because a lot of it came from really the Tyreek Hill and the, I believe the Antoine Winfield Jr. incident, you know, where him throwing up the peace sign and things like that. That to me is part of sport. A lot of players actually drive on it. I mean, they're driven by the competition from you across. And if you score a touchdown or you make a big play and you let a guy know, hey, I got you, it's okay. That, that's part of the game. So I don't like the way the NFL is policing it. I know it's an emphasis this year, but I thought that was a, you know, for the Raiders to really get going. They, you know, took one step forward in the 15-yard penalty, ultimately pulled them back, and then they had to punt. You know, I'm going to sound like an old man here for a second, Kirk, but the easiest way not to get taunted on is don't let someone go make a play on you, right? Then you don't have to worry about, you know, having someone spin the ball in your face or whatever it is. But, you know, you look at this Raiders offense, and I think you said it perfectly, where it feels like it's tonight it was one step forward, two steps back for much of that game. But the Raiders did have one of their key guys back tonight, Josh Jacobs, after missing the the past two weeks with an injury. He's back. He ends up running the ball 13 times for 40 yards. The number's not there. And you look at this running game in totality. I'm looking, and I'm doing really quick, terrible math, 46. We're looking at 48 yards on the ground, Kirk. And that is just, for a John Gruden offense, is not going to get it done. I mean, you saw Josh live and in person tonight. I don't think we were expecting to see Josh Jacobs at 100%, just considering what's happened the past couple of weeks. But how do you think he held up, all things considered? Well, he he looked pretty good. He still looked like he was quick, uh, got in and out of the holes pretty fast. The only thing was, uh, what surprisingly was that, and this is why you throw records out of the way. You you throw them out of the window. Just throw them in the trash, Eddie, right? Because coming into this game, the Los Angeles Chargers were the 32nd ranked defense against the rush. So everyone expected the Raiders to come in and run all over the Chargers. And that was not their game plan. Their game plan was to you know, make sure all gaps were filled. They tackled well, they played well. And then for the Raiders, it was the situations where early on, first and second down, they were trying to get Josh, you know, established early on and the Chargers just were not having it. And that's what forced those, you know, long third downs and, eventually getting the Raiders to have to punt. And now when you have to punt, it really just felt like the Raiders became one dimensional at times. And everybody knew when they were going to throw the football. And that's when that that Chargers pass rush really took off. But ultimately, I thought Josh looked great. They got him some balls out of the backfield as well. I think you just got to continue to just keep feeding him. Look, first game back, I thought he held up well. And I think you will see him get more and more touches. But again, you know, along the offensive line, right? You got Simmons, you got Leatherwood. This is going to be a work in progress. As much as we expect this to be of the offensive lines that Josh may have had his rookie year, maybe last year or of old, they're still missing some guys who really can help out, you know, right now. You know, and I'm with you. Where look, I don't think that anyone anticipated, maybe Josh, but I don't know if anyone anticipated seeing the 100% version of Josh Jacobs. But I'm with you. I, I think he held up pretty well. I think all things considered for his first game back after a couple weeks, things, you know, transpired as kind of as we thought they would. I think the offensive line is going to need some help going forward. You and I both know that. I think that it's a group that coming into 2021, we knew it was going to take them a while to get it together. A lot of new pieces. A lot, well, I shouldn't say new pieces. A lot of a lot of yeah. old pieces in new roles. So it takes Absolutely. it takes some time to gel. But I'm curious. You look at Alex Leatherwood today. Not his best right. night out at the office. How do you, if you were a veteran guy on this team, if you were one of these veteran offensive linemen, if you're Derek Carr even, what do you say to him to keep him up, to keep building him up? Because he is going to be your franchise right tackle, hopefully for a really long right. time. But he had a rough night at the office this evening. Well, I would say one thing is, hey, get used to it because this is how it's going to be every day. This is, and this is the AFC West. 
So you're going to see Joey Bosa twice a year. You're going to see pass rushers that the Chiefs are going to bring out. You're going to see Von Miller and Bradley Chubb twice a year. Get ready. So you got a taste of it tonight. And look, we're going to help you out. We're going to make sure that we can put a back in there. We can put a tight end next to you. You don't have to do it all by yourself. As you get comfortable, we're going to get comfortable. As much as we can talk about Leatherwood, we can look at the Chargers and look at their left tackle. They drafted in the first round, okay, and Rashawn Slater. He also had his work cut out for him, you know, going up against Max Crosby, also Yannick Ngakwe. So it's always going to be difficult for rookie tackles in this league. And he has to understand that, look, you're going to get better. And I don't think he's bad right now. You look, you had a couple false starts, had a couple penalties. Those happen. But overall, I thought that we don't talk about the good that he does. Right? There's some good plays in there where he's opening up some run lanes. He's blocking for Derek in those moments where Derek was able to step up in the second half, really, and make some throws and really got this game a little bit closer. That's the unfortunate part is that we are going to highlight his mistakes and look, he's only going to continue to get better. I see a lot from Alex Leatherwood. But look, you going up against Joey Bosa, that's a perennial Pro Bowl, all pro every single year. You need those moments because he'll learn from that. He'll watch the film and he'll be better for those opportunities. You know, and the harsh reality, too, is that everything gets exacerbated in a loss, right? So you, oh, yes. you have two, three bad plays. I mean, it gets blown up tenfold, right, after you lose a game like you lost tonight. But I'm glad you brought up the, the fact that there were moments of positivity tonight. I mean, Absolutely. the Raiders fall down 21 nothing. Not positive. They fight. They claw. They find a way to come back into this game. 21-14, really with a chance to go down and tie the game. I'm curious, when you look at... The offense that we saw from the Raiders in that first half, which we can, we can agree left a lot to be desired. What right. switched in that second half? Because it's been like that Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Mr. Hyde now for the past right. month where something just clicks and you're like, oh, this is what it's supposed to look like. I know this. <laughs> I know this Raiders offense. Well, I just thought they got more aggressive, right? The second half, they came out and they threw the ball down the field, right? That big penalty they got on Henry Ruggs. Uh, well, uh, I think it was Samuel yeah. against Ruggs. I mean, that's being aggressive, throwing the ball down the field, put the pressure on the defense. That's what they didn't do in the first half. Also, too, just getting lined up in different formations, right? They got lined up in some empty packages, forcing the charges to have to cover down. And that's where you saw Waller get going. You saw Hunter Renfro start to get going. Then you can go check down to the running backs as well. So it seemed like in the second half, they were a little more aggressive. And then Derek Carr also started to step up in the pocket. Look, I'm not going to take anything away from the Chargers pass rush. They were outstanding tonight. But I thought Derek could have helped himself in a couple situations by not just standing in the pocket waiting for the routes to develop, but getting on the move a little bit. I think that's something that John Gruden will continue to look at is how can we get our quarterback on the move? You may have to change that launch angle. You know, next week against the Bears, hey, an old friend's coming back in Khalil Mack. So I don't know if I want Derek Carr to stay in the pocket as much you may have to start to put him on the move a little bit to buy a little more time and then allow those routes to develop. I saw that in the second half, and you saw it. Their first two drives, they resulted in touchdowns. That's the kind of Raider offense that you want to see throughout the game, not just in spurts. You know, it's interesting, Kirk, because, you know, it's something that I feel like the fan base here has yearned for for a long time is to see Derek get a little more creative when the play breaks down, to get out of the pocket. And we saw it a few times tonight. We really did. And give him credit for kind of working behind an offensive line that was not at 100% keeping plays alive, but then, you know, you bring up that sack, takes a sack in the, I think it was the late third, early fourth. In the moment, you can't take a sack, right? And then it becomes a field goal situation that's 52 yards, which we've become spoiled and think that's just easy money for Daniel Carson. But at the same time, like, that's a 52-yarder, and we all kind of saw what happened there. But I wonder, how do you, it's got to be a fine line with Derek, right, of creating when things fall, fall apart, but also knowing, like, hey, throw the ball away and let's just live to see another day, right? 
Yeah, and I think it's it's going to be hard because tonight was kind of geared up as an early, you know, MVP kind of look matchup, right? You had Derek Carr, leader of the three and all Raiders, versus a guy in Justin Herbert, leader of the two and one Chargers, and two guys who really are important figures in why their teams win football games. And tonight, I just thought that you know Justin Herbert looked a little more sharp. He looked sharp early on. He really got his tight ends involved. He got his running backs involved, and their running game was just a little far more superior than the Raiders' run game. All that worked for Justin Herbert to where it kind of failed Derek Carr. He didn't have that those rushing numbers. The play action was not effective early on, and he couldn't get you know Darren Waller going early enough. And you saw how the offense became a little bit staggered, where more has to be put on Derek Carr. And then ultimately, you think at the end of the game, he throws an interception into double coverage, and that will be more like the lasting memory for people is that, oh, there it is. He threw the interception. But more so, he's trying to make a play. I understand it. I get it. But that's always difficult for Derek, I think, sometimes, is that he has to put a lot on his shoulders when the offensive line's not going, when that running game's not going. And then also, too, you know, you had a couple of situations where guys are running routes short of the sticks. I mean, he's completing passes. You know, if it's third and nine, why would I run an eight-yard route? Let's get behind those sticks. And so that was something that I saw today. And it, it, it hurt for Derek because you could sense his frustration where he wanted to keep the chains moving, but they were just a yard short in some series. You know, you look at, at Herbert's numbers today. He goes for 222. Not a huge discrepancy compared to right. Derek. Obviously, the interception is the, is the one glaring difference there. But to your point, the running game, the Chargers rest 34 times for 168 yards. The Raiders ran yeah. 18 times for 48. And look, I'm not a mathematician. I've never, you, I've been right. very honest with you where I know what I don't know, right? I'm not a X's right. and O's expert, but it feels yeah. like it's pretty hard to win a ball game when you're outgained on the ground by 120 right. yards, especially in this version of the NFL. Well, it was difficult, yeah, because the, the Chargers really controlled the clock too, right? When they got in that second half, they started to control the clock a little bit more and made the Raiders have to play hurry up, right? And that's not what the Raiders want to do. The Raiders want to be able to, you know, go on their sustained drives. They want to execute down the field. And then there's some drives where, yeah, they want to hit the big pass over the top to Edwards or to uh, to Ruggs. But ultimately, they want to get that running game back. And I think the Raiders are frustrated in that aspect because they haven't ran the football well at all this season. Really, when you look at it, you want to continue to be able to have two, three different ways of attacking a defense. The Raiders didn't have that. All they had was what? They just had the, 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 the passing attack. Had they ran the ball a little bit better, maybe the first half was a little bit different. But when you didn't have enough plays and you're having three and outs and a four and out, and then you have the turnover on downs I mentioned, it was, it was frustrating because you're trying to figure out how do we get into rhythm, and it really took into that second half. And maybe the running game can 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 do that. I, I don't know. Maybe we have to do some more fly sweep series. You know, maybe it's more extensions of the run game. I'm just throwing out plays out there too, Eddie, because I think that you want to see more creativity, but I want to see the ball in my playmaker's hands. Why not give a screen pass to Ruggs early on? Get him a touch. Hey, let's get Brian Edwards a touch. Get him a screen pass or get him an end around, you know, get Hunter Renfro a little, just a quick and let those guys, because I feel like our skill position players aren't getting the ball to where they can make one guy miss and turn a two yard gain into an eight yard gain. Now you're playing second and two, third and one possibly. And that's where I think this offense can continue to grow. No, I think one thing that I agree with you 100%, Kirk, but one thing I really did enjoy tonight and really going back the past couple of weeks is it has felt like Gruden and Oli have found ways to get Henry Ruggs involved. 
They yes. understand like, hey, this yeah. is, this dude is a dynamic playmaker. He's faster than anyone on the football field 99 times out of 100. Mm-hmm. Let's figure out a way to get the ball in his hands, whether it's him going deep, like we talked about those little screens, something. Right. So I think that for me has been something that's been a really nice development over the past couple of weeks. But I, I think agree. we can both agree that through a month, the Raiders have not played their best version of football on offense, but they're still 3-1. and one. So to yeah. say, hey, we got all this area to improve, and we're still 3-1, and one, and yeah. we still feel like we're playing competitive, that's got to be a nice place to be sitting, I would imagine. Yeah, no, you said it perfect. I mean, I, that's the way I feel. I mean, we're kind of nitpicking, but this is still a 3-1 and one football team that hasn't played their best football on offense. I think defense, there's some still room for improvement there. Think, think about the defense actually played well for the better part of that first half. If they don't get some of the stops that they had, I mean, look, the first drive was 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 immaculate for the Chargers. Let's just be honest. They drove down, scored a touchdown. But really, there was that lull in the game where the Raiders' defense was stopping. They were making plays, getting it back to the offense. The only thing was the offense wasn't doing anything when they got the football. So now when you look at it, I felt like, look, if the Raiders' offense could have did a little bit more, then this game would have been a lot closer. But overall, you have to be, if you told me, after a month of the season, the Raiders would be 3-1 and one, and they haven't played their best game and then let's not even talk about the injury bug. I mean, I'm here at the game, and every five minutes is this player is questionable, this player is doubtful, this player is out. And I'm saying, you're, I mean, that secondary was like was 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 <laughs> holding together by a band aid in the second half, but yet they still made things work, and they made this game a lot closer than it should have been with some of the injuries that they had today. You know, we were about two injuries away from having you go play DB, Kirk. I mean, it was <laughs> no. like, I mean, seriously, like you know, your Trayvon goes down, Damon goes down. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden you're looking, you're asking Damon. a lot. Yeah, you're looking a lot, a lot from Nate Hobbs a rookie you're asking Amik Robertson right. a second you got to step in and I think by and large we'll have to go watch the tape tomorrow but I think by and large they held up pretty well but I want to stick on this defense for a sec Kirk sure. and as a linebacker yourself we were talking about in the studio today where at some point it feels like you can't ask much more out of this defense I mean right. they held up for really a lot of that first half they held up for a lot of this game so I'm curious if to put yourself back in, in that player mindset when you know that your offense is struggling early in these games does it yeah. almost make you as a defensive player, I don't want to say tighten up, but know like, hey, we essentially don't have to pitch a shutout, but we have to be really, really good in these early going. It gives ourselves a chance to win this game. Yeah, I think you start to put it on on yourself and say, hey, look, fellas, uh, our offense may not have it today. We, we got to create some more turnovers. Maybe we got to score on defense. You know, why not, why not let us score on defense? Why not get some takeaways, get it back to our offense, get them more opportunities? I, I think – you know, it'll get better as the season goes along. But I feel like you have the confidence that your offense can score. You're going to make plays. You're going to be able to, you know, start to take some chances. Because I think that's where this defense is missing out on right now is being able to take those chances and undercut a route. And if you, hey, we give up a play, we give up a play, but it won't hurt us, right? I think in years past, there will be that one mistake and you knew that you could not overcome it. I don't think that's the same with this defense or with the offense that you have now. There was a mistake. Hey, it's okay. We move on to the next play. And you saw it. It was some bend but don't break. I mean, think about it. The Chargers had to go for it on fourth down multiple times. I mean, because the Raiders were playing good defense. They wanted to win this game bad. They stole this game from the Raiders. And I think the Raiders learned a lot that, look, it's going to be this tough in the AFC West this year. Brandon Staley brings a different kind of style of, of uh, or mentality to this Chargers team. And they realize, okay, yeah. It's not just defending three downs. They have to defend all four downs. And that's something that you learn. That's something that you will grow and understand. And that's something I think now that this defense realizes it's going to be on us 
to win the AFC West because our offense will be able to score. Now we just got to be able to hold teams, especially in critical situations. Yeah, man. I mean, this division is going to be tough. I mean, oh, I think I think coming into this right. season, you look at it and you're like, okay, we got two really good teams. Oh, now we got three really good teams. Oh, okay, from top to bottom. <laughs> top from, to bottom, from the, yeah. yeah from, from all the way the Chiefs to the Raiders, everyone down even to the Broncos. This is a really right. good division. But, but, Kirk, I want your kind of thoughts on this because I think sure. going back to last year, and you and I talked about this a bunch, there were frankly a lot of moments defensively that were just not good enough, right? And, and you're coming into 2021, the defense was entirely retooled. You bring Gus Bradley in to fix this defense, to bring them up to the top 10 offense that you already have on paper. Right. I think through four weeks, I've been so pleasantly surprised, even including tonight. I've been so pleasantly surprised by what Gus Bradley has done to this defense. So for the football dummy like me, Kirk, what is working this year that wasn't working a year ago? Well, I just think that the chemistry has, has definitely been there. Um, I love the hockey line change, right? I mean, think about it. When you see them rotate up front and, you know, you're bringing in – pass rushers now, right? Think about it. You, Ngakwe and Crosby go out, then all of a sudden you got Nassib and, and, and Cleveland Farrell comes in and, and Solomon Thomas, right? These guys are getting great push up front. And, you know, think about the plays that they made. Darius Phylon had two sacks today, right? Just just collapsing the pocket. I think Denzel Perriman has really brought a, a sense of not only leadership, but some hard-hitting ability, getting guys lined up, making plays. I, I love the way the secondary is communicating. I love the way that Jonathan Abram is down in the box and he's playing a little more heady. I mean, one thing I've always had was a criticism of, of Jonathan is that I, he plays so hard sometimes and I think he gets himself out of position, but I'm seeing him play more in position and doing things the right way. And I, I mean, I, I, I'll keep tweeting about it. I will keep saying it, but man, I think the Raiders biggest pickup this offseason, it has to be Casey Hayward Jr. He really has been stabilizing that back end. He makes play after play every single game. When he went out of the game a little bit, you can see there was a little bit drop off in that secondary. But he, to me, is the reason why this Raiders defense is playing so well, because it's really about that back end. Right. It's about getting the younger corners up to speed, getting the safeties where they need to be at. And if they need to find out a guy or follow someone, they follow Casey Hayward because he's been in this defense. He knows what to do. And everybody seems to be taking his lead. That's why this defense is better this year, right? Under the, the tutelage of Gus Bradley, because everybody has bought in, but you've got guys who played it. I know KJ Wright got beat for a touchdown today, but he's right there. He's right there to make that play. Just didn't make it. Now, I, I think he'll make that play nine times out of 10, but today was that one day he didn't make the play, but I don't see the panic. I don't see the finger pointing, Eddie, mm. and I don't see the frustration. I see guys that realize, hey, okay, these are corrections that we can make. We'll move on and we'll be better for it. You know, that's a great point. That's something I didn't even really think about until you just said it, Kirk, where there were so many times last year where there was that visible frustration, where oh, there yeah. was that almost, it, it was almost like that guttural, like, what are we doing? I don't know how oh, to right. fix this. But now through four games, and obviously it helps a lot when you're 3-1 and one and you're playing really good on that side of the football. But Correct. to your point, you, you haven't seen a lot of that finger pointing. It seems like there's such a calm, cool demeanor for this defense. And we hear all the time that you know football units take over the kind of personality of their coach or their coordinator. And you want to talk about calm, cool, collected, a guy who is never going to be phased once. I mean, that's Gus Bradley. So I, I am very encouraged by this defense. And look, I know that tonight is not the best night. I know there's a lot of frustration right. in the building. But look, this team is 3-1. and one. The offense is going to figure it out. The offense is too right. good not to figure it out. And if this defense gets better week after week after week, yeah. and they get a little help from they get a little help from their friends on the other side of the football, 
boy, oh boy, man, it is going to be a lot of fun. But Kirk, man, I appreciate you so much for hanging out with us tonight. So can we leave on a positive note? I feel like we had to we had to kind of live in the darkness a little bit tonight. The first L of right. 2021. So the Bears are coming in next week. Short week Correct, now yeah. for the Raiders. Khalil Mack coming back to play in front of Raider Nation for the first time. How does a player's mindset now on a short week, coming off of a game like tonight, an emotional letdown, a, a game right. that you wish you could have back, but now, hey, you got to turn the page quick, fast, and a hurry because you have a really good uh, defensive front and the Bears coming into town in less than a week now. Yeah, but you're, you're going back home. And that's when we say, hey, fellas, we're going home. We're going to our place. We're going to a place that we need to protect. Let's protect the Legion Stadium. Let's continue our undefeated streak at home. And that's what that has to be the mentality. It really does. You're going against a Bears team that's scrappy. Look, you're going to have to, you know, on both sides, right? Who's going to be the starting quarterback? Is it going to be Andy Dalton? Is it going to be Justin Fields again? I mean, this is going to be a challenge for the Raiders next week. And I think that's the mentality of you want to get this taste out of your mouth. You want to turn the page, move on. Let's bring Chicago in. And you hope to say, hey, we're going to have a better understanding of what needs to get done. You need losses like this. And when you, and if I'm John Gruden, if I'm guys in that locker room, I walk in and say, fellas, there's only one undefeated team now in the NFL. That's the Arizona Cardinals. Everyone has a loss. Kansas City, Green Bay, right? The Rand. You can just start naming off teams. Everybody who was undefeated, they all got knocked off, right? The Carolina Panthers, they got knocked off. We're not going to go through this thing undefeated. There's going to be some ebbs and flows, some ups and downs. How do we respond? We respond by doing what? Going out there and playing Raider football against, you know, the Bears on Sunday. That should be the mentality all week is being 1-0 for this week. It's going to be okay, right, Kirk? Can you tell me? Oh, can you just okay. can you make me feel better as we get out of here on a Monday? It's going to be all right. It is going to be all right, but you need games like this to really put in perspective on what you need to work on, right? I think they go back to the drawing board this week and say, you know what, look, we got to get some guys more involved early in the football game. We may have to do some things, maybe some spreading the offense out just a little bit and create more running lanes for Josh Jacobs. We got to get nasty up front. We want to help out Alex Leatherwood. We want to help out the, you know, the new offensive line that we're trying to put together. So with each week, you learn more about your team. I just know this. We're going into week five. I promise you, this won't be the same team in week 13 and 14. It'll be a much better team. And I think that they'll be able to keep rolling. But this is a crucial, crucial part in the season where they continue to keep getting these wins so that when you get to late November and December, look, you're not trying to hold on for a playoff spot. You're going to go take somebody's spot. Well, Kirk, I feel better now. I think you've lifted me up, right? We had to live in the darkness for a little bit. You lifted me up. And, oh, and, I'm, five, and I'm with you, man. Look, it's early in the season. Does everyone want to run the table and go 17? No, absolutely right. you do. Does, does the first L of the season's thing? A hundred thousand percent, yes. But you live to fight another day. You're coming back now to Vegas. You're going to be back in Allegiant yeah. Stadium. And you have a chance, like you said, to, to protect your house, to stay undefeated at home. And I think that's hey, going to be the look. mindset and the mentality going into Sunday. <laughs> Hey, three and one is better than one and three. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. It's much better than one and three. Look, will it sting? Yes. Will it hurt? Yes. But guess what? You get to go improve this week against the Bears. Yeah. And look, if you would have looked at the schedule when it came out in April and said after four games, the Raiders are going to be three and one. I have a feeling that a lot of people would have taken that, myself included. Myself Absolutely. Absolutely. You've already beaten, um, you know, week one, you, you beat the Ravens. Week two, you beat the Steelers. You beat the Miami Dolphins, and you lose to a team that their only losses against, I think, one of the better teams in the NFL and the Dallas Cowboys, and they lose to them by a field goal. So let's just put it all in perspective, the team that you lost to tonight. They're a good football team. You lost to them in their place, but guess what? They're going to have to deal with us when they come to the Legion. So, yeah, we're going to see them again. That would be the mentality I'm telling my guys. Hey, they got us today. They got to come to our place. That's when we're going to let them know, man. Raider football is a little different now. 
Absolutely. The beauty of the division. Well, hey, Kirk, like I said, man, it's so good to see you. I, well, next time you're in Vegas, we got to link up. I, I know that you've <laughs> had a chance to, to see the stadium, but uh, we really do appreciate your time. So thank you so much for joining us live from SoFi Stadium, which is a, a nice little treat. So Brady Pascal, Kirk Morrison, my man Ray on the ones and twos, Alexandra in the control room, and, and everyone at Silver and Black Productions, we thank you for hanging out with us, and we will see you guys next week following the Raiders' Week 5 matchup against the Chicago Bears on the fifth quarter. Thank you for listening to The Fifth Quarter, presented by Twitch. Make sure to download the Raiders mobile app, and we'll see you next week.